The Los Angeles Kings picked up one point against the Blackhawks, but they probably should have picked up two. We're going to look at that today, plus learn all about Troy Stetcher. All of that on today's episode of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone, welcome to this edition of Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Sarah Affampato, host of this show, and as always, excited to be here talking with you all about your favorite hockey team and mine, the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, if you are new to the show, thank you for finding us. Thank you for becoming a part of the Locked On family. If you are a returning uh, member, if you are a longtime friend of the show, I am glad that you're back and that you're sticking with us as we continue the run to the playoffs, which again, feels really weird to say. On today's show, we're going to look briefly at that loss to the to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, that is going to be, uh, you know, the first part of our show. Uh, and then we talked with uh, Brian Fisher from Locked on Red Wings to learn a little bit about Troy Stetcher, uh, what he brought to the Red Wings, kind of what the story is there. And then we also kind of talk about the uh, states of our own rebuilds as Detroit is finally kind of starting to claw itself back from being uh, the basement kind of team that they've been. Uh, they've got some exciting rookies, and we're going to talk about that on today's show. But first, we're going to look at last night's game against the Blackhawks, a game that I think that everyone pretty much thought, like, oh, well, Chicago should definitely win that. Or <laughs> that's not what people thought. People definitely thought the Kings should uh, absolutely win that. Uh, and they have won. Uh, Chicago, if you don't know, they traded away Marc-Andre Fleury, which was like the only thing keeping them respectable in games. Uh, and in this game, uh, Rancho Cucamonga native Colin Delia got the start. Uh, it was just his third start of the season. Uh, he spent most of his time in the AHL. Uh, and so you're like, okay, it's a back-to-back -back night. They just played against the Ducks. Uh, they had a you know emotional, physical game in Anaheim the night before. Uh, they used Kevin Lankinen, who's like their starting goalie. Uh, and so you're like, ah, oh, this should be, you know, a game that the Kings can come away with two points in. And it became pretty important to get those two points because the teams below us, well, they all started winning again. Edmonton won their game. Vegas won their game. And so it was pretty crucial for the Kings to pick up at least a point in this game so that they could continue to, like we've been talking about on the show, keep pace with uh, all the other teams that are still in contention, uh, both for the spots in the Pacific as well as those wildcard spots, because we don't want to drop down there, uh, but we need to keep pace with them just in case. Right now, the two wildcard spots are Nashville with 78 points and Dallas with 75 points. The Kings have 79, so not very much difference uh, in, in the standings between those two teams, or between, between those teams uh, in, in the standings. So, Kings play at the black or the Kings play the Blackhawks. Uh, and the first goal against was a real uh, welcome to the NHL moment for uh, Jacob Mobari, who's gotten into a handful of games, obviously, this season, has a wealth of AHL experience, obviously played pro in Sweden uh, for a little while after finishing his juniors career. He's definitely taken like the long route to becoming uh, a Kings prospect in North America and playing here. Uh, just had a, mo a sequence where he like lost his stick um, and, you know, made the split sec second decision to like 
bend down to try to get the stick and just sort of the motion, everything that happened in regards to, you know, him getting the stick and all that just sort of slowed him down on the play, kind of took him out of position. Um, and it allowed, you know, Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit to kind of get themselves set up. Uh, Dabrinkit fires a shot in kind of intentionally wide, it looked like, uh, and it bounces off the boards, come, comes right back out to Patrick Kane, who Movarari was next to, but he was kind of like fumbling, not really set uh, in a way to take on you know, the fact that Patrick Kane is coming down against you. Uh, so, of course, uh, the Kings, uh, the Blackhawks got on the board first uh, in a period where uh, the Kings dominated play. It was just, it felt inevitable, honestly. Uh, Kings outshot the Blackhawks 12 to 5, but Delia looked fantastic in that period. He looked great the whole game. Uh, he is certainly someone who. Uh, it's going to be curious to see what Chicago does with him uh, because he hasn't really seemed to have a future at the NHL level. He's gotten kind of passed over a lot. He's always the guy that keeps getting called up, you know, whenever they trade away their, their goaltender or whatever, or something happens and everyone's hurt at the end of the season. Uh, but he put on a really solid performance in this game. Second period, Kings come out and then immediately take a penalty. And you're like, well, this, this stinks. This doesn't feel like a good thing. Uh, it doesn't matter that the Blackhawks power play is not good. Uh, neither is the Kings. Uh, so, you know, you're like, oh, bad, bad plan, bad plan. Don't do this. Uh, Trevor Moore. Trevor Moore scores shorthanded uh, for the Kings. Again, just a great, like, energetic play from him. I think he's tied for league lead in shorthanded goals. Just overall, like, really top-notch performance from him. Someone on Twitter posted... I think it might have been from like January 1st to now. It was one of those, you know, player A, player B, who would you prefer? Uh, and Trevor Moore and Connor McDavid have like legit almost identical stats in this time frame. So Trevor Moore next Connor McDavid? No, no, that's a lie. That's not real. Um, in that period, of course, it goes back and forth. Chicago scores again uh, in the middle of the, the period. Phil Deneau gets a power play goal, his 20th of the season. Uh, and we're all like, oh, this is awesome. This is exciting. The game's tied two to two. Uh, power play goal, Phil no awesome. Uh, and then a little over a minute later, uh, the Blackhawks score again. Uh, so bad. Uh, Phil Deneau ties it in the third period because Phil Deneau is awesome. He now has 21 goals on the season. That is a new career high for him. So congratulations to our best boy, Phil Deneau. Game goes to overtime. No goals. Games goes to a shootout. And... Here's who we send out for the shootout. Adrian Kempe, Gabe Velarde, Trevor Moore. Kempe, okay. Like, he has historically been, like, decent in these. He has a great shot. Uh, he uh, gets stopped by, by Delia. Gabe Velarde had a weird, I would love, I'd love a rules person to explain to me what happened here. Because, you know, shootout. They put the puck down at center ice. They blow the whistle. You come in. You take the puck. You do your thing and go. That's what happens. Blow the whistle. Gabe Velarde comes in. He gets halfway down the ice, and they, like, blow play dead and said that it was a false start or something. But they definitely blew the whistle for Gabe Velarde to start. So I feel like that. I would have loved to see what his move would have been had he not gotten disrupted in the middle of his, his shootout attempt. That was really weird. I haven't really seen an explanation for why they blew it down. Uh, but if you are listening to the replay, you hear a whistle uh, the first time. So who knows? It was very weird, though. 
And it really kind of seemed like in his second attempt, he just wasn't like focused on it uh, because it was just not a great shot. Um, Trevor Moore, kind of a weird choice. I mean, I get play the hot hand kind of because that is sort of what you do, but he kind of gets to like below the hash marks and then just sort of sails it. Uh, not, not a great move. No, like finesse, just sort of whacks at it. I feel like there's definitely other players you could have tried there uh, instead of Trevor Moore, but okay, fine. Um, game comes down to Alex to bring it big surprise. He wins it for the Blackhawks in the shootout. Uh, just overall mediocre. It wasn't even an interesting game to watch, except for the fact that they all were like trying to fight each other at the end of every possible whistle. Like there, there's no reason for the game to be as spicy as it was, but it was definitely spicy. Uh, Kings outshot the Blackhawks 46 to 31. So congrats on getting goalied by uh, your inland empire neighbor there. Uh, but just, you know, what can you say? Uh, at least the power play did its job. The penalty kill did its job. Uh, four different opportunities for the Blackhawks. Penalty kill was perfect. So in that respect, like the Kings special teams maybe are starting to bounce back from where they've struggled before. But overall, this was a game that we should have had in hand. This was a game that we should have like not needed someone to, you know, we, we, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't need this. We didn't need this to happen. Uh, it should have been pretty easy to win this game. But, you know, Chicago is one of those teams who, like, the, the Kings, obviously, we've been in this position for the past couple of years of being sort of that spoiler, especially at the end of the season. Like, you've had guys traded away. Now you're all playing ticked off. Like, yeah, you're not going to be playing great hockey, but every so often you just pull out a win. Uh, and so I feel like that's definitely Chicago's role. Uh, so far uh, in this latter part of the season. So not a particularly inspiring performance from really anybody in that game. Uh, Jonathan Quick looked pretty good in the game. Uh, shootouts, not his favorite thing, but he only allowed one and it was to Alex to bring it and it was a great shot. So, you know, what are you going to do? So one other interesting thing, Sean Dersey led defenseman in, in time with 27 minutes. Uh, on the ice. Uh, Carl Grundstrom, Arthur Kaliev, Blake Lazat, all of those guys brought up the rear for forwards. Uh, all of them played under 10 minutes. Quentin Byfield, no power play time again. Uh, a handful of other guys only got a couple of seconds, but he didn't even like touch the ice. Like, okay, fine. We'll make this a problem for the future, I guess. We'll you know, give us something to talk about over the summer. But just not, not an inspiring performance. So Kings next up take on Seattle. So hopefully they right the ship uh, for for that game. So yeah, not great, but we'll see what happens uh, in, in, in the world. Uh, coming up next, we're talking about Troy Stetcher. We're going to hear all about him and what he can possibly bring to uh, the Kings as he is the newest member of the team. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about Built Bar, because if you like snacks, if you like food, if you like things that taste good, and are also good for you, well, you should be checking out Built Bars. If you are someone who is, you know, low on energy, or you are constantly running errands, and you need a bite to eat so you don't get hangry, anything you could possibly think of that you could need a tasty, delicious, and healthy snack for, Built Bar can fill that need. They come in tons of amazing flavors, including the Built Puff, which is the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Uh, it's not just a protein bar. It is a treat, and it comes in great flavors, including uh, the locked-on favorite, the cinnamon churro. 
Built Puff. Built Bars themselves are low in calories, high in protein, uh, high fiber, low sugar, low carbs, and all around delicious. You can go to built.com and learn more about all the nutrition stuff, as well as see all the great flavors that they have available. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. The Los Angeles Kings shored up their defense by adding Troy Stetcher from the Detroit Red Wings at the uh, trade deadline. And so today we're going to learn about our newest depth defenseman. I've got Brian Fisher from Locked on Red Wings here uh, to tell us what to expect. Uh, and we'll just jump right into it. I know that Troy Stetcher didn't have a whole ton of games with you guys uh, between you know the seasons shortened and injuries. Uh, so maybe didn't get to show off his best self, but you know, I guess the question is, what were you expecting of him when you got him as a free agent? And how did that work out for you? So he pretty much, and you said, you really said it there in the intro, depth defenseman. That's when you talk about Troy Stetcher, that's what you're getting. Um, you know, you dealt a seventh round pick for him. That's, that's what you're going to get out of the guy. Now, when you they, the Red Wings signed him in the off season, last off season, I was like, hey, yeah, the Red Wings defense needs help. And he provided help. He was not, he was not anything amazing by uh, any stretch of the imagination, but he shorted up on the back end and he was consistent and he was, um, he was just, he was a, a mainstay last season on the defense. This season had a run in with injuries and then kind of fell out of coaching uh, the coach's favor on defense. And so he only ended up playing, I believe 16 games this season. Uh, he's, he's fine. He's nothing. He's not going to wow you. He's not going to go out there and you're not going to be like, Oh wow. Troy Stetcher's the best out there in best case scenarios. If you don't notice him, that's a good thing. Cause he's a defensive defenseman first. He's only like five foot 10. He's making, what was it now? A, a $1,700,000. Mm -hmm. He is a depth defenseman through and through. You got exactly his value in a seventh round pick. He's, he's good. He's a good player, but he's not going to wow you. So on defense, if he goes out there and you don't notice him, that means he's doing a damn good job. Um, I think Jay Fresh on Twitter, a very, really great follow if you're a big micro, a hockey micro analytics guy, uh, said that he had a war percentage of 56%. And that's because his defensive, de his defensive defenseman nature, you know, helps him on the ice. He helps his team on the ice from the back end. It's just you're not going to get top pair minutes out of him. He's a depth defenseman. But, you know, for the Los Angeles Kings, I think that's going to, that's, you're going to get exactly what you need out of the guy. Yeah, and for the Kings, who at the point that they acquired him were missing literally every defenseman who was on the opening day roster because of injury, like they just needed a body. And you know, whenever I, I talked about you know what kind of moves could the Kings make at the trade deadline that would make sense for the team and where they're at right now, that was sort of what I had expected. Even before all of the injuries, my expectation was bring in someone to just sort of you know chug things along. Don't overpay. This isn't. This team isn't like one guy away from winning the yeah. Stanley Cup. Uh, they just, at this point, with all of the injuries, they just needed someone. You know, their veteran Alex Edler just came back from missing a whole chunk of the season with injury. But other than that, their only experienced player was Oli Mata, uh, and all of the other guys. I think the most experience anyone had was like thirty-five NHL games. Uh, it was all kids, and like they're holding their own. They don't look horrible, but if you're in a playoff race, you, you need someone who sort of knows 
what they're doing. Um, you know, I think he's gotten into one game so far for the Kings uh, at the yeah. time we're recording this. And yeah, I didn't notice him, which is what I hoped for. Yeah. Um, when it comes to those defensive defensemen who play depth roles, if you're noticing them, it's probably because something bad happened. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, no, and to be honest, me and Scotty did, you know, multiple trade deadline shows and his name came up, but we never really talked about you know, return form or because we really didn't see a lot of value in dealing him mm-hmm. in the first place because the Red Wings have a plethora of defensive issues of their own. Mm-hmm. And a guy like Troy Stetcher coming off of injury, like you, I thought the Red Wings had better value in keeping a guy like Troy Stetcher than dealing him out for a seventh round pick. Um, but they did. And uh, you're going to get, I mean, like I said, you're going to get a defenseman, defensive defenseman who's going to be a body out there and he's not going to make your team any worse. He might make them, you know, marginally better in the back end in those in those lower pairs. Uh, his relative expected goals for percentage this year in 16 games played is negative 1.47. It's it's not, and that's not huge. You know, that's it's very marginal. The negative mm-hmm. impact he had in that in that advanced possession me- metric last year, it was a positive 1.47, and he got a lot more games played. So I, I have a feeling that if he hadn't 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 gotten injured. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the season, he would have had a marginal positive impact. But that's what you're expecting out of Troy Stetcher is a marginal positive impact. He's going to do fine, but don't expect him to wow you any, at any point. But he's going to get you guys to where you need to go. Yeah. Well, what's sort of the book on him coming from Vancouver? Because I remember when he was up for free agency, I feel like there were a lot of people kind of sniffing around to be like, oh, he'd be a good ad. And, you know, I, I feel like the Red Wings got him and people were like, oh, this is a smart move by by Detroit. And it just didn't really seem like it worked out it was working out until it didn't um it, it just again it comes down to that injury he sustained and then mm-hmm. other players i mean obviously Moritz cider coming over from sweden uh the sweet the swedish league rather and making his rookie debut just pushed some guys out of the lineup troy stetcher was great last year for the detroit red wings mm-hmm. and when they signed him i was excited he they signed him and john merrill in the same off season both of them are were analytical darlings you know, John Merrill went on to have a great rest of the season with Montreal last season when they went, went to the cup final before moving on to Minnesota this year, where he's still playing well. Both players were just considered analytical darlings. I remember last season, Troy Stetcher skate, and I was like, oh man, like I really like this guy as a depth defenseman mm-hmm. on the team. But again, it goes back to that injury he sustained this season. And, you know, then other defensemen got opportunities, pushed him out of the lineup when he came back. So he did play here and there, and he was fine, but I just, I, I, the writing seemed to be on the wall. And now that the trade was made, I know I said that we didn't really talk about him as a trade option, but now that the trade was made, I'm like, I guess I understand why it happened because he didn't really have a solidified spot on this roster for the foreseeable future. Yeah. It's sort of like the, you know, just do a favor for a veteran player kind of thing. Cause yeah. at least yeah, the Kings, he's going to get in the lineup every night. Uh, they've reunited him with Alex Edler because they played together in Vancouver uh, so he he, already, he immediately has a line mate who he's familiar with. Uh, I guess they actually went on like vacation together during the all-star break. So it's like, oh, you gave him his friend back. Cool. <laughs> well, and another thing to keep in mind right now is the Kings are a better team too. The Kings mm-hmm. are a better team than the Detroit Red Wings. They're, they're still a team, you know, transitioning in their rebuild from bottom, bottom of the barrel team to now trying to actually build, you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with the rookies coming on. He's going to probably play a little more sheltered minutes with the Kings, and mm-hmm. he's probably going to sh- put up better stats because of that. Um, you know, PDO is a statistic that people love to use uh, in terms of luck factor, essentially. Mm-hmm. And with the Red Wings the last two seasons, he had a PDO of like 97, which mm-hmm. is really bad. Yeah. So that just proves that, you know, despite 
him, his Mike Reynolds showing, well, he was an unlucky player. I know who wouldn't be on the mm-hmm. Detroit Red Wings as much as I love the team. And, you know, they're on the up and up, you know, they are still a shallow team depth wise. And there are a lot of players uh, playing above their threshold. You know, mm-hmm. there are day- days where Troy Stetcher played second pair minutes. That's not what he's designed for. Right. You put him on the Kings. He can play maybe a little bit more of a depth role. You're going to get more out of a Troy Stetcher. So in, in, in the end, honestly, I think the Kings probably won this trade because the Red Wings getting get back a seventh round pick, a player that, you know, eventually get, get drafted, probably won't even see the NHL. Right. How many seventh round picks play in the NHL? Right. I mean, you're getting a guy right now who can help mm-hmm. your team right now as, as the Kings, I believe, try to make a playoff push here. Yeah. Yeah, right now they're holding down the number two spot in the Pacific, which yeah. is, you know, very, very few people were saying it was possible. My hope was that they could be a bubble team, maybe, you know, a wild card spot. So uh, also no one expected Vegas to do whatever it is that Vegas is doing. Uh, the trading year. guys who can't be traded, apparently. Right. No complaints, <laughs> though, because it's funny. Um yeah, so I, f- I feel like that's that's sort of what we hoped to see out of Troy Stetcher was a guy you can plug into the lineup as some of these injured guys come back. Uh, it means that the kids can either go back to the AHL and play there. Uh, Stetcher can go drop down the lineup to like a third pairing and you know not have to take on you know the the, the top players uh, when he's out there. So yeah. I think that it, yeah, it works out. Maybe you can package that seventh round pick with something else and move up to the sixth round. Maybe. I mean, the Red Wings did draft Elmer Soderblom uh, in the sixth round, who was lighting it up over in the Swedish leagues. Hey. Big, big guy, nice glide. So, you know, those late round picks. I mean, Yatsuk yeah. and Zetterberg back in the day were sixth round picks. So, exactly. The, yeah. the gems are out there. You heard it here next year. The next Zetterberg <laughs> coming to Detroit on that pick. Since oh, I have you, since we haven't like connected the rest of the season, you know, our teams have already met. That series is done. But just for, for people who want to know what's up with the Red Wings, what's sort of the status of your own kind of rebuild? I know you've got those uh, hot rookies on your team that everyone's talking about. More excited, and you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> um, Cider <laughs> is a beast. Uh, back on the one defenseman, it feels like some nights, mm-hmm. and it and it's him. He's I think six foot three, already over two hundred pounds at twenty years old. He's just bullying. Like they played the Pittsburgh Penguins earlier in the season, and he was he was getting in Sidney Crosby, one of the mm-hmm. best players to ever play the game, a veteran in the league. He was getting in his head. He yeah. was throwing Brandon Russ to the side to get <laughs> to Sidney Crosby, and that's just stuff we've seen all season. He's like patenting the 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 reverse hit. Players will come to hit him, and he'll just knock them on their butt mm-hmm. against the Philadelphia Flyers the other night. Willem came for a hit and just I obliterated yeah. the guy. I, <laughs> I don't – basically all I'm trying to say is Moritz Sider can do it all, and he's been doing it all, all season. And I don't care what Michael Bunting is doing between uh, Mitch Marner <laughs> and Austin Matthews. What Moritz Sider is doing on this defense yeah. with the lack of defense, he's the Calder favorite. Of course, can't forget about Lucas Raymond, 20 goals mm-hmm. as a rookie, 19 years old. I mean, there's – the. Things are looking up for the Detroit Red Wings, and it might take a season or two more for them to actually become playoff threats. But with these, this this young core, along with Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin and Ed, Simon Edvinson over in Sweden, mm-hmm. probably going to make his debut next season. The Detroit Red Wings are going to be a, I, I really feel, are going to be a threat in the really tough Atlantic Division in a couple years here. That's going to be a lot of fun. I feel like it's a uh, you know you, you've, we've seen so much of like sad Dylan Larkin over the years of just the end of the game just looking like so defeated and so you know as a like outside observer it's just been nice to see him like not looking like his life is miserable after games I mean it helps when your team's 500 in mid-February I mean that's yeah. something that uh, they have they just got off a really rough stretch where they lost like six games in a row that 
finally pushed all playoff hopes out of out mm-hmm. the window for most fans, but they were a 500 hockey team till mid February. That they they exceeded all of our expectations, and Dylan Larkin was one of those players who was exceeding our expectations. Mm-hmm. He has, I think, 25 goals on the season. He's over a point per game. It looks like they're having fun again, and yeah. like that's the culture you need in the locker room for the team if you really want your team to take the next step is your players to be having fun mm-hmm. because that contributes to winning games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from the Kings perspective, we've seen that too of, uh, you know, I feel like Drew Doughty is the perfect example of, you know, love him or hate him. He's very passionate. He wears his heart on his sleeve. And these past couple of years, he just, you know, he clearly wasn't having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, now he's hurt again, but this year you could see that that kind of spark for playing was back. You know, the team in the off season went out and made big moves to say, okay, we get it. We believe you. Like, let's do this. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's from our perspective too. It's been nice to see uh, even when they've been losing that it's, you know, you're like, oh, I think they can come back from this. Or, oh, it's not the end of the world. Or, We're not going to lose 12 in a row now. Uh, it, it's a nice feeling to watch a game and not be like dejected. Yes. Let me, ask, let me ask you too, because. We're going to continue our conversation uh, with Brian coming up right after this. But before we do that, it is, of course, the time of year again to uh, enjoy what college basketball has to offer. The college basketball tournament, the big one, is finally upon us. And if you are into the idea of sports betting and sports wagering, well, you can find everything that you need on betonline.net. Whether it's odds, contests, player props, individual awards, anything you can think of, you can find it there as your number one source for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot to get all your sports scores, find podcasts, and sports news this season. And of course, it's not just basketball. No matter what sport it is, if it's hockey or Football, whenever that happens, baseball exists again. That's cool. Uh, fighting, casino games, whatever it is, uh, you can find all of it on Bet Online, uh, including live betting. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to go and learn about the trends and the action. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. The Kings were are, were weird to me. I, I don't watch a lot of Kings hockey, mm-hmm. but you know I, I've watched the standings the last few years, and they say they won in twenty twelve and twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. They were good, and then they like all of a sudden were bottom in the league. And so this year coming in, I again, admittedly, I don't follow a lot of Kings hockey. I'm like, oh, the Kings are going to be bad again. Mm-hmm. So Jonathan Quick, I don't know what happened with him, but he's back. <laughs> yeah, and he... the Kings are back. And I don't yeah. I, explain to me how that happened. <laughs> uh, magic, um, Quick, you know, Quick found the fountain of youth, like no no one knows what happened. He did have an off-season surgery to kind of clear up, I think it was maybe some shoulder issues, which doesn't like revolutionize your whole game. Um, but actually I talked once with um, Locked on Blue Jackets host, Jay Foster, who is a goalie uh, Love in, Jay, by the in way. real life. Uh, and I was asking Jay about like, what are you seeing in Jonathan Quick's game? And you know, he was saying that watching him just the way he plays, he's finally started adapting the way he plays for the body that he has now and how old he is and the injuries he has, he stands up a little more. He's not as crazy aggressive. Uh, and so it kind of seems like he's finally stopped fighting like himself to go back, to go back to his game. So he's been a great factor. Um, you can't overlook how important Phil Deneau and Victor Arvidsson have both been. Uh, those were great moves. I was, you know, I didn't know a whole ton about Arvidsson. I don't see a lot of the predators, but 
um, based in Chicago, I you know, got my start covering the Blackhawks. And so I've been familiar with Phil Deneau since he was a pro. And I was always like, I was, a, I'm like a Phil Deneau truther. And it, you know, <laughs> um, so I knew immediately like how big of an impact he was going to have. Um, and they're getting contributions from players like Trevor Moore, who no one really, I, I at one point in the season was like, I've seen enough of this guy. Like, and he, you know, now is the second leading scorer on the team. So I think it's just a lot of things have gone right uh, at the right time. They're getting prospects finally to step up. Um, you, you can't underestimate how bare the Kings prospect cupboard was because Dean Lombardi just kept trading away uh, picks and prospects to keep bringing in experienced guys for one more cup run. And it never worked out except for those two years. And, you know, that's the price you pay for two cups. Cool. I'm not going to yeah. complain. Yeah, you can't really complain when you win championships. Right. But they haven't had like legit prospects for a long time. And now they finally build up that prospect pool and those young guys are contributing. Uh, and it, it's gone a long way to to kind of help propel this team. And I mean, it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt that Seattle's bad, um, that a lot of people had not predicted. Vegas is in like free fall. The Ducks and the Sharks are still in their kind of rebuilding uh, eras. Uh, Edmonton is Edmonton. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> they're a wild card. Uh, so the whole Pacific this division this year, I feel like just is not doing what anyone thought it was going to do. And the Kings have been pretty good at taking advantage of that. So, you know, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> can I also ask you about how you guys are treating Andreas Athanasiu and Martin Furk? Um, I love both of them. Um, Athanasiu has been hurt for so much of this year and it's really? been really yeah. frustrating. Yeah. He has been in and out of the lineup. He, you know, he gets hurt, he comes back in, he scores goals, he looks fantastic and then gets hurt again. Um, I was really glad when they re-signed him because I was like, this guy is depth scoring. This team has no depth scoring. You need guys like him. Um, and he just has not been able to stay healthy this year, which has been really uh, disappointing to see because it's not his fault, um, but he hasn't been able to contribute, I think, the way we would want him to. Uh, Martin Furk is like murdering the AHL. Uh, yep, he, that's what he always did. <laughs> yeah, he is uh, second, I believe, right now in goals uh, for the league. I think he has 31 or 32 or something. Uh, he's been up and down uh, – between the AHL and NHL, mostly in the AHL this year, though, um, which myself included, a lot of Kings fans are like, why? This is stupid. Like, it's great that he's helping lead the reign, but every time he comes up to the Kings, he scores on the power play. And you're like, could, could we? <laughs> the power play is so bad. Can we just have one Martin Furt? <laughs> like, we'd, we'd score goals no matter how bad the rest of it is. <laughs> Yeah, I remember because I was a huge Athanasiu supporter when he was here. Mm -hmm. But the problem was he was just too one-dimensional. He was all yeah. offense, didn't play any defense. But man, did he have speed? Did he have mm -hmm. hands? He put up. He he and Dylan Larkin were on a line together, and they both put up the first thirty goal seasons for the mm -hmm. Red Wings since two thousand nine. I think that same season, and like that was the year. I was like, and Athanasiu was like the next top liner, and then he just yeah. never played the other side of the ice, and so he fell yeah. out of favor. Martin Furk, another guy, just man, did he have, does he have a rocket? but mm -hmm. struggles at the net with it a lot of the time. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm glad that they're getting some, like, even if it's at the AHL level, like I, I like mm -hmm. seeing those players who move on from the Red Wings, who still have yeah. you know moderate success in the league because they're guys who have talent. They mm -hmm. just have to find their role. Yeah. And for often to see you, like they kind of mitigated that defensive issue by putting him on a line largely with Phil Deneau, who is fantastic yeah. defensively. So if often see you messes up, Oh, he, he's got someone to cover for him. And I feel like half of his goals are scored because someone springs him on a breakaway 
and no one can catch up with him, uh, which is great. Um, and, you know, FERC with the rain, uh, the rain are right now second in the Pacific division in the AHL. Uh, one, oh, there's only two teams that have clinched spots so far and the rain are one of them. Uh, have a legit shot at making a really long uh, playoff run, uh, more so than the Kings do. I think the Kings will get in, but I don't know that they're going to go too far. Uh, but the Reign have a legit shot at, you know, conference finals, if not the whole thing. Uh, so, you know, we, we you know, Ferg has won before with Grand Rapids. Uh, so, you know, seeing him uh, get another shot at it would be great. Uh, I was actually in Grand Rapids when the Reign came uh, out that way and got to see his return. And uh, it was it was neat to see just how much the crowd still was excited to see him and cheered him on. Uh, even though you know they won one of those games, but it was <laughs> nice to see. I still not not to go on a nostalgia trip, but I remember when they drafted Martin Furk, and everyone's like, "How do you pronounce his name?" There's no oh. vowels. It's F R K. Like Frick, Furk, Frock. How yeah. how does this work? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Oh. No, he he's doing real good. I, I wish we could see him more at the NHL, but um, I, I think that he. Until Arthur Kaliev, who, who is kind of like Martin Ferg Jr., who just has this, you know, maybe not as as good speed-wise, like I don't think he has the 109-mile-per-hour shot, but, you know, has that same just kind of deadly shot, great on the power play. Uh, when Kaliev kind of won a spot on the team opening night, it sort of pushed Ferg out because obviously they're going to prioritize their own prospect. But, man, every time he's up, like, <laughs> there was a uh, – I think – I forget who it was, but someone on the Kings basically – had to like jump out of the way of his shot whenever he scored at one point. And the yeah, guy I was would like, too. <laughs> yeah, the guy was like, I don't know if I was supposed to screen that, but I'm not. I'm not getting in the way of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that don't blame you. <laughs> he probably, I think he probably has a heart, the hardest shot in the NHL, but yeah. he doesn't go get to go to the competition, so we never yeah. get to know for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, just the, the year he won the AHL hardest shot was, um, I, I was there for that, and it was, you know, you, you know, press box rules, like no cheering, don't get excited, you don't have feelings. Martin Furk hit that puck at 109 po miles power per hour, and the press box was even like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was something to see. So we're, we're taking care of him as best as we can. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much for shedding light on Troy Stetcher, for kind of filling us in on where the Red Wings are in their uh, rebuild uh, where can people find you if they want to hear more about the Red Wings and keep up with what's going on uh, out in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, of course, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. You can catch us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. We're on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. Uh, I'm on Twitter myself at Brian Fisher 971. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you can see the graphic. And then my co-host Scotty at Bentley Scotty. Uh, he's also host of Lockdown Tigers. Getting him a little plug there as baseball season is about to get underway. So uh, make sure you give... Us a listen if you like Red Wings hockey because that's uh, kind of our jobs. We talk about it a lot. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining the show and good luck. Thank you. I appreciate it, Sarah. All right. Thank you so much again to Brian for joining the show. It was great to get to talk with him all about Troy Stetcher and about uh, the relative states of our teams. That is it for today. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with more Kings news, catching up on all of the action from over the weekend, uh, including looking at, uh, didn't even talk about him today, Victor Arvidsson, who came back from injury. Uh, we'll kind of look at uh, how his first few games have gone 
uh, as he's returned to the team. So thank you so much for listening today. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. Uh, give it a follow. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, hit the notification button so you never miss a future episode. And uh, make sure you keep listening uh, because we're in the hunt for the playoffs and we're going to have lots of exciting things to talk about uh, as the Kings get closer and closer to actually clinching a spot. Sounds wild. That's it for today. Until next time, this has been Locked on Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.